been talking, the title, as I said, the title of our series is The Way of Love. And um, the foundational scripture that we've used is 1 John 4 and verse 7 and 8. Um, actually, let's read that and then I'm going to say a couple things about it. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves, when you and I love, we love because number one, we're born of God, but then number two, because we know God. Just because you're born of God doesn't mean you know God. I'll say it again. Just because you're born of God doesn't mean you know him. You have to get to know him. If, if Fabian and I shake hands for the first time, we, we've met each other, and that's what happens at, at, at the born-again experience. You meet God, but we would not know each other unless we spent time with each other. And you have to spend time with God to know him. And so if you're not loving other people, it's because you don't know God as love and the way to love. So, duh, we learn how to love, right? That's why we're teaching this. We're teaching about love so that we can learn how to love. Verse 8 says, he who does not love does not know God. Duh. For God is love. That doesn't mean they're not born again. They just don't know him. There's a lot of born again people that don't know anything about God. I'm going to say it again. There's a lot of born-again people that know nothing about God. It's never been developed in them, and so they don't know God. So they don't know how to love. So don't be looking at Christian people and saying, you know, well, I thought they were Christians, and they, they should have walked in. No, they just, just realize if they're Christians and they're not walking in love because they don't know God in that area. You can know God in one area and not know Him in another area, right? And um, so how many believe... You need to be busy knowing God in a greater way than you've ever known Him before. I don't care how long you've been born again or how long you think you've known Him. Bible says this, and this is a promise of God. No matter how much you think you know God, you don't know God the way you need to know God. And actually, that verse of Scripture says, in love. You don't know Him the way you need to know Him in love. Why? Because He is love. He is that. So, that, that's, that's a little confusing because when you're talking about love, you're talking about God, so God because God is love. So if God is love and love is God, then, um, you know, if you say something, well, man, I just love those shoes, then you just said, well, I just God those shoes. Well, I just, I just love this thing or that thing. Well, you just God that thing or that thing. That didn't make any sense, right? That didn't make any sense at all. So you've got to process that and work that out. It makes God sense because that's what it says. If the Bible says God is love, then love is God. And you've got to work it out. So some of the things that I'm going to talk about today, we've been, we've been talking, I've, I've mentioned to you and put on the screen and given you four different categories of love and we've been talking about how the agape love which is the God the supreme type of love how that that love connects with the other types of love that the Bible talks about now the world talks about all kinds of love and you know I'm, I'm just being I'm just being fair about this you know the world tries to love, but man, they're all over the place with love and what they think love is. Well, I don't want to, I don't, I mean, in, in my life, I had love all screwed up. I mean, big time. 
I had it all messed up in my mind. I thought one thing and it was actually something else and I've been learning about love ever since and I'm, I don't have it all down, but I'm continuing to grow in the understanding of what real love is. And I, and I think it's a good thing to break down the, these different categories of love so that we can understand how to operate in it in our lives. And you know what? You may have lived your whole life, you may have been born again all your life and not know certain types of love and how to operate in it. Well, you know what? God is love, and if God's in you, then you can learn how to love. Look at somebody sitting next to you and say, he's talking to you. I know we don't like to do that. You know, we don't like to tell someone else next to us. But, uh, but you know what? It's good. You know, because you know what? The truth is, I am talking to you and me. I'm talking to us. God's Word always talks to us. So as I go through what we're going to talk about today, just realize um, God never, you know, and, and I have to say when I was early on preaching the Word, um, I would preach the word, and I think people would come away feeling like, you know, like their hair was blown back, and it's like, my gosh, you know, life is rough, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm screwed up in all these areas. I don't know how I'm going to overcome, and I mean, it was like there was no answers in what I was preaching. I didn't mean to do that, but I just, I didn't know any other way to do it, and I've learned some things through the years, and um, uh, I'm just telling you today, anything that you ever hear preached if it steps on your toes, then, and, and it needed to. If it steps on your toes, then it needed to. But God is the answer for whatever you're challenged in. You know? And you know, there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of issues in the world that appear to be bigger than God, but they're not. Because God is the answer. Jesus is the answer to everything. And, and he is the answer to what real love is. And when we learn love, and, and, and the, 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 the way that I've kind of categorized these different types of love, um, l- last week we talked about what one definition of love, and, and we saw it in Scripture, is, is storage love. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a family love. It's, a, it's the way a parent has a love for a child, and it's, and it's all through the Bible. And today we're going to take that, and actually, I'll just mention these four loves to you again, storage love, then eros love, which is romantic or sensual love, Uh, phileo love, which is selfless love or a friendship. The Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's something that you can develop inside of you for another person that that you just die for. Um, Jonathan and David had that love for one another, that, that passion for, for one another, that phileo love. And then there's the agape love, the supreme, or the God is love, love. It's, it's, it is that supreme love. And everything, every type of love for other people originates from that. You will not understand, as a parent, how to love your child truly the way God wants you to love them if you don't understand God who is love. You will not understand how to love your mate the way God created you to love your mate in marriage if you don't understand God who is love. You will not understand how to have that friendship love, that that love where you lay your life down for someone else and be unselfish. You will not understand that unless you understand God who is love, who is unselfish. Everything about Him 
is unselfish. There is no selfishness in him, so we need to know him to be able to love like that in those categories of love. It's important that we understand it. Um, so if everything originates from that, then, I mean, listen, folks, this is a win-win for us. If you're born again and God lives in you, that means love lives in you. That doesn't mean that you love all the time, but love is there. And when you don't love, you can draw from love because it's already there. It's not something you've got to try to pull in from somewhere. It's in you, but you have to work it. You have to develop it. You have to allow yourself to do love in unlovely situations. You know, what profit is it if you love people and you're good to people that are good to you? There's no profit in that. There's no faith in that. And, th and that, that's not God. But, but the Bible says that, that faith works by love. And when you understand the two and how they mesh together, we're going to see it in, in some things I'm going to talk about today. When you understand that, then nothing in life can beat you. Nothing in life can stress you and wear you out to the point that you can't overcome. I didn't say there's not stress and pressure, because there is. But you will overcome in every situation if you understand that faith in God works by love who is God. See, because the faith that you and I have, it's not our faith. It's been designated to us. It's been given to us. We're responsible for that faith, but it originated from God. It, it didn't originate from me. It originated from Him. Now, it's my faith, and I've got to do something with it because I can develop faith, and that won't do anything for you if you don't develop faith the same way. But every person was dealt the same measure of faith from God, who is love. Amen? So, today I'm going to look at, a, at some things. that We're going to talk about eros love, the, the, the intimate love, the, the physical intimacy, and and, and this intimacy, I mean, you know, we, we think that this is, this is sex. That's what the world has on it. But it's so much more than that. And if you understand it, then if you understand what real eros is and, and what this type of love really is, if you understand it and it becomes revelation and it becomes real to you, then you can overcome all of the pressures that the world puts on you about this type of love. And you know what? If you're not going to hear it here, then you're going to hear it out there. And out there, they're confused. Okay? I'm not saying I got all the answers, but God does. Amen? And so I'm just going to share a few little things, a few scriptures with you today, and give you a little background of how God created things. So let's just start in a little journey right here through Scripture. We're going to start, good places to start in Genesis 1, in the beginning, right? So in Genesis 1 and verse 26, we've read this many times, but it's, we're going to look at it again. So in Genesis 1, 26, and, and, and I'll just say this. I'm saying this up front, and then I'm reminding you of it in all these verses of Scripture that I'm going to read. This love, this eros love, is reserved for marriage. Now, 
I'm not trying to pressure you and pressure somebody or pressure anybody about the fact that it's reserved for marriage. I'm just telling you what God said. Because people sometimes will come to me and say, yeah, but Pastor, what, what, what about that? Listen, I, I'm not trying to force anything on you. I'm just telling you what God said. Because the reason that the world has this so screwed up, literally, they have it so screwed up, this love, because they don't know God. That's it. That's it. That's it. I, I promise you, you know God, you get it straight. So in the beginning, we see this. God created all these things. And then in verse 26, it said, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them, everybody say them. Who is that, Adam and Steve? Okay, I'm just asking, I'm just saying. Okay, we're talk- Again, there's no pressure, there's no, we're not looking down on anybody, judging anybody else's lifestyle. We're just talking about what God says. And I mean that. I mean it. God loves every human being because every human being on the planet today was created in the image of God. Every single human was created in the image of God. Do do not pass judgment on people because of their lifestyles. Do not. It it, it creates all kind of havoc, and then then it, it creates a division to where it looks like God is not the answer for that situation. So all I'm doing today, I'm not talking about this group, that group, against this, against none of that. I'm just telling you what God said. This is what he did. He created them. And I I tell you what, I'd just been born again, and I was in philosophy 101 in college. And my philosophy teacher knew the Bible frontwards and backwards, and he quoted it backwards, I swear. And I had just been born again long enough to be dangerous and know absolutely nothing. And all I knew how to do was argue with him. But he kind of made me look like a fool in front of all the people because, because what I was doing was I was standing up for God when he was making God look like a fool. And he talked about Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and God contradicted himself and he created here and then he created over here and he was confused, didn't know what he was doing. I mean, he, all, all this stuff that he brought out and, and I realize now looking back on it, had I had any understanding, I really could have been a help to the guy if I'd have had understanding, but I had no understanding. I didn't know God, see? So I didn't walk in love and I talked bad about that guy. And I was, a, I was a God lover on a mission to tear that man down and, you know, speak ugly and do all those kind of things because I didn't know God. And that's the truth. So we're not here to talk about lifestyles because those lifestyles are what other people have that don't line up with God. If you have a lifestyle that doesn't line up with God, it's because you don't know God in that area. You get God in them and you, you get in understanding and information in them and they begin to choose to do what God wants, it'll change their lifestyle, whatever it is. So it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Now, what is God? Flesh? God is spirit, right? So God created man first and foremost Created his spirit first. 
first and foremost, he created God. He created man spiritually. He created man in his image, which is spirit. Where did I leave off? Oh, and uh, let us create man. Ah, man, I'm just, here I am. Okay, I'm just going to start in verse 26 again. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, he created them, the two of them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you all these things, and he created man, and it was a good thing. Everybody say, we're good. Why? Because God made us, and he said, we're good. Amen? All of us, men and women, male and female, we're good. See, because all of you that are male men here, you're you're a male man, Um, you were created and, and from you was created the female man. And all that is is just the man with the womb. So we're all man. There was just one created one way and one another way, and there was a purpose behind why we were created this way. And the world's got it all screwed up, all screwed up. So just take a deep breath. It's all messed up. It's all messed up out there, but God's got it straight, okay? Just know that. God's got it straight. And no matter how much you know of what I'm talking about today or not, you can learn about it constantly because this isn't the exhaustive message on what we're discussing here i'm just giving you some information amen chapter two chapter two and verse seven i'm just going to skip a little bit so god created man spirit then in verse seven of genesis two it says and the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. That's where my philosophy teacher said, well, he created him over here, and then he created him over here, and he had all different kinds of ideas of all the different creations. Well, the truth is, he created man first spiritually. First and foremost, you are not this. You are the spirit that's in you. I'm going to say it again. This is not you. We know you by this when we see you, but that's not you first and foremost. First, your spirit. Then you were created here. God formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So what happened was, right then, God created us our physical being, and he gave us a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and he put us together, and he breathed life into us. And when he breathed life into us, as you read on, I'm not going to take up a lot of time to look at all of this right here, but um, skip down to verse um, 15. He said, and and God had given them authority to, to 
name all the animals and gave him the trees, gave, put him in this beautiful garden. Verse 15, he says, the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Is it right to marry? Not good for man to be alone. Man and man with a womb, it's not good for you to be alone. Is it right to marry? Yeah. In God's timing and in God's way. And are there people that don't get married? Would God lead someone not to get married? Yeah. And, and, it, and it's clear in Scripture that that can happen. But it's not good for man to be alone. But if God has a plan and a price, he had something planned for you before the foundation of the world and it was for you to not be married, that's between you and God. But the Bible says the general condition is it's not good for man to be alone. And there's a lot of reasons why that's true. It's just not good. If you're not married today, then uh, you don't need to hurry up and get married because God says it's not good for man to be alone. You need to marry the right person. Don't settle for anything but the best. I'm just encouraging you today. <clears throat> Actually, you're very blessed if you're not married today and you're hearing God and you're being led by the Spirit of God. He'll lead you to the right person. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Um, so it's not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him out of the, out of the ground out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And there's a lot to say that. I'm not going to look at that today. So Adam, he called all the animals by name and declared it. Notice, the, 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 you, you can tell why a hippopotamus has the name hippopotamus because Adam named him, not God. No. <clears throat> anyway. <clears throat> and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, verse 21. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and he closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib, the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. The rib he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is bone of my bone, this is flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Adam said that? There wasn't a mother and a father. God established that right at the beginning before there even was. See, because God already had the plan. Marriage is one man and one woman. Yeah, but Pastor, that's not politically correct. Yeah, but what are other people going to say? What about, you know what? I'm not here to argue with anything, but I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Speak to the hand. Talk to God about that. I'm just telling you what God said. You need to know what God thinks about this. Okay? I, I've got a number of different friends that have different types of lifestyles and all those kind of things, and, and that's fine. They, they can be and do whatever they, they want to do, but that doesn't change what the Bible says. You can't let another person's experience change that. 
If, if you have a different type of lifestyle, you're living in a, in a certain lifestyle that's out, outside of marriage, and you're, you're living an Eros-type relationship and love relationship, and it's outside of marriage, that's not the plan of God. But if you're living there and you're doing those kind of things and whatever, God takes you right where you're at and he just wants you to grow in that. He wants that to evolve in your life. He wants you to understand it. If I wasn't standing up here telling you that there is, there is a lifestyle that God created each and every one of us for, if I didn't tell you this, then how would you know it? I'm not standing up here speaking down to anybody, having any kind of attitude, any of those kind of things. I'm just telling you what God says. And the only way to know and understand this type of love is to know God. I'll just tell you this. If you don't want to know this type of love, it's because you don't know God. And if you don't want to pursue that, because you don't want to know God. Because God is on the inside of us if we're born again. And he wants us to live his way. So I'm just giving you information that you can take and process and renew your mind about and begin to understand what that really looks like. Amen? So, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, um, earlier we talked about, or, or the song that we sang talked about the promises of God. And everything that I'm talking to you today about are promises that Jesus has brought to us. And I want you to notice in these next verses of Scripture how that there's nothing God ever tells you to do that doesn't have a reward with it. See, God's not some big guru that is trying to keep you from having fun and having, forcing you to live some lifestyle that's boring and dead and you, know, you just hate it and you just have to live life and hate it and not enjoy anything. That's not God. There's always a reward. But, but, but 10 times out of 10, for you to get a reward based on information you didn't have, for you to see that reward, then you have to renew the way you think and begin to think like God in that specific area so that you can be on, learn to be on the receiving end of the things that God has for you. So I'm going to show you this just based on a number of dif different scriptures. In the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter and the ninth verse, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It says this, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun, all the days of futility. For what is your portion in this life? For, no, he said, for that is your portion in this life and in your work at which you toil under the sun. You're in my portion in life is to enjoy each other is in, to enjoy our spouses. That's our portion in life. Part of our portion is to enjoy how God has taken the two and put them together. So God has a plan of lining that up in each person's life and then teaching us from his word how to enjoy each other. 
God wants your marriage to be a blessing so that you can be a testimony to other people that marriage that was originated from God really works. But the only way for your marriage relationship, your heiress relationship to be right and true is for your relationship with God to be right and true. It won't work any other way. You can try it because, remember, eros is not sex. Eros is love. It's relationship. It's actually, it's actually agape and phileo love put together. It's, it's having a friendship and a connection with somebody that is different than everybody else in life because when you're married and you're in a covenant relationship, the two of you, you're two individual people, but God called you one. He said the two become one in that covenant relationship. And that's what you learn to do. You have differences. My wife and I, our differences are like night and day. And God made us that. He put two opposites together to make one whole thing. Where she's weak, I'm strong. Where I'm weak, she's strong. And that brings us together and it makes us strong. Amen? And that, that's the way we have to come together to let people know how real that God is. You'll know, you'll know that God is real by the love that we have for one another. And there's no greater love relationship. And there's no greater attack against anything else on the planet than marriage relationship. And trying to convince people that marriage is just a piece of paper. You just go get the piece of paper because the law of the land says, and the Bible tells you to obey the law of the land. piece of paper is actually very insignificant, the piece of paper. If, if you're putting that first, it's very insignificant. It's important because God said, obey the laws. Marriage has very little to do with that piece of paper. It has everything to do about the commitment of the heart. And growing in that and learning to develop that. Because you can be sitting there and thinking... Yeah, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through in my marriage relation. No, but God does. That's what I was telling you in the beginning. I'm not saying this to tell you that, okay, this is what God says, so everything has to be perfect in your marriage and everything has to be perfect in every relationship that you have. No, no, I'm just, I'm giving it to you to tell you that where things need to be worked on, praise God, go after it. But go after it in God, not in your own ability. Don't try to change it. Well, I'll change my hairdo and maybe she'll like me or like me better. Maybe I'll do this, or maybe I'll go there. Maybe we'll take a big, long trip and things. No, no, no. What will happen is you go on the trip, maybe have a good time, but you get home and, you know, same devil thing is going on. God wants us liberated and free. You say amen to that. So live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life. Anyway, we won't talk anymore about that. But... uh, Some people could, but, but look at Ephesians chapter 5, New Testament, and this passage talks about husbands and wives. Remember, this Eros love is something that we connect with in this marriage relationship. It, it, it is designed for the marriage relationship. And in verse 21, it says this. Before we get into verse 22 and and on that talks about the wives and the husbands, verse 21 says this. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. 
Submitting one to another in the fear of God. As a husband and a wife, to understand how the roles of husband and wife fit together, you submit one to another in the fear of God before you do anything else. Verse 22 says, Wives, submit your own hu- to, to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Yeah, dadgummit. Get in line, woman. That has nothing to do with it. And actually, actually, if you notice when we were talking about the wives, husbands, you weren't even mentioned in there. You had nothing to do with that. I said, you have nothing to do with her submitting to you. I'll say it again. Husbands, you have nothing. You play no part in her submitting to you. That's her choice to do it. I've never met a woman like my wife that's chosen to submit even when she could have done it better within herself. When Jesus was in the garden and he began to sweat drops of blood, he made a couple of different statements, but one of them was this. Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but yours be done. That was the ultimate act of submission that the world has ever known. Because Jesus' will and the Father's will in that moment were not the same. He didn't want to have to go through in his motions I'm talking about, but he overcame that because he submitted to the will of the Father. Submission from a wife, not a woman to a man. See, as, as men and women, as man and man with the womb, we submit one to another in the fear of God because there's no difference in us. See, the church screwed that up for years also. Church made people think, and, and, and just in history, I mean, 150 years ago, women couldn't do this, they, they couldn't vote, they couldn't, I mean, they, all kinds of things that women couldn't do. But I promise you, women can do a whole lot more than men can. Men, have you, you ever carried a child? You thought you did, but but God created us equal. What we're talking about in a marriage relationship, and to understand eros love, you have to understand this, is that there's roles that God set up. I'm just telling you what God said. You say, well, yeah, Pastor, this is the, this is the 2000s, and you know, that, that's old school type stuff. You can call it whatever you want it to call it. I'm telling you what the Bible said. That in marriage relationship, there are roles. And these roles are found here. But the role of a a wife, because we read that first, is the wife learning what God desires from her and then her doing what God says. And submitting to her husband in those things. Now, the other thing you have to understand for women is first you have to understand what the part of the man, that the, the part that the man plays here. Because in verse 26 it says, Husbands, love your wives 
just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, before I finish reading that, I'm going to read the last verse. And the last verse, verse 33, says this. Nevertheless, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife, talking about husbands, as himself, and let, no, 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 uh, verse 32, I'm sorry. This is a great mystery concerning husbands and wife, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So, when you go back to the role of the husband, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, uh, no, I, I didn't go far enough back, did I? Um, no, verse 20, uh, 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, and he gave himself for her. Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church because this whole mystery he's talking about, he's talking about a relationship between a husband and a wife as being a mystery. But he's comparing it to the relationship that the church has, that you and I have, with Jesus. So how, husbands, can you know how to love your wife if you're not developing your relationship with Jesus? If you're not developing a relationship with God, you'll never know how to love your wife because it'll always be conditional. You'll love her until. Yeah, but if she'd change this. Yeah, but if she'd just quit this. Mm -mm. Notice, and I'll remind you wives, you're not mentioned in the husband's role anywhere. Well, if you just love me, you piece of work. Said you're supposed to love me like Christ loved the church. If you just do that, everything would work. Piece of work. No, that's, that's my role, not you ramming it down my throat. You see, that's the husband's role. And when the husband will learn to develop a relationship with God and do what his role is, and the wife will learn to develop a relationship with God and do her role, the two flow. See, because first and foremost, you've submitted one to another in the fear of God. It's not this battle, it's not this usurping authority over battling for each other's rights, and you're going to have that because you're going to think differently, and everybody has different backgrounds and where they came from, and if you were raised thinking that the man's the boss and the woman just does what he says... We need to get rid of that mess because that'll never work. And today, most women, most women, rightfully so, would never live like that because that's not the way God created them to live. It's not the man makes every decision. No. Men that make decisions that don't confer with their wives, what's missing in their decisions, in their decision-making, is the wisdom that comes from their wives. <laughs> and the Bible says in Proverbs, Wisdom is the principal thing. So in my decision-making, my wife is the principal thing because she's compared to wisdom. And I can definitely say she's got the wisdom. And I wouldn't want to live life without her and her wisdom. And she had to go through a lot of mess and a lot of stuff in dealing with me and my stubbornness at the times and, and my attitude and not wanting to open myself up to receive from her, but I had to learn how to do that. 
And she paid a deep price for that because of the fact that I had different ideas. Well, it's got to be this way. Well, the more I've learned about who God was in my relationship with God, those things begin to change, and they will change. If we allow how we love our spouse and how we enter into those different types of relationships with our spouse, when we allow that to be the result of how our relationship with God is developing, then we begin to understand the other. Now, I'm going to say some things maybe a little graphic that just swallow and look straight and whatever. But um, men have been given, I feel like kind of a, maybe a bad rap in some sense, but not in other senses because they just didn't know. And I promise you, in most cases, men just didn't know. But men have just been accused of all they want is sex. That's all they want in a relationship. All they want is, is to have sex. They, they, we've been accused of that. And in a lot of circles, women have been accused of resisting sex because of their attitude and their anger and their frustration with the man. And whether those things are true or not, whether that relates to you or it doesn't relate to you in any form or another, I'm just telling you today that what we just read in Ephesians 5, and you need to go and take it and meditate on it and look at it yourself, but when those things begin to work right there, then sex becomes a love relationship, not something that you have to do. I've had people come and tell me, well, you know, I had to, I've had married couples tell me, well, I had to give him sex so he wouldn't go looking around somewhere else. That's not love. That's not eros. That's not connection. But you'll never get there if you don't have a relationship with God. Did you hear what I'm saying? I, I, I've, I've heard... Um, other people say to me, well, you know, um, you know I, I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not getting what I want, so I've had to search other places. I've had friends even tell me those kind of things. And I said, yeah, but the deal is, you're not developing. Listen, I'll just tell you this. Love for each other is not enough. The love for each other has got to be bathed in your love and understanding of who God is. That's what makes the difference. That's, now I'll back up and say this, that's what makes you believe that that person is the only person for you. See, that's where the power comes from in your relationship with God. That, that, that gives, uh, I'll just say this to you men, that, that gives you the power to not look other places for what it is that you're wanting. The power comes from your relationship with God to do what's right. And it's not right to spend your time and sow your oats in other places. It's, the, it, it's, your, it's God wanting you to sow and develop relationship with the person that you're connected with. And you know what? Everybody sitting in here has got different backgrounds. Maybe some of you have been divorced. Maybe some of you are contemplating divorce today. I don't know. I don't know. 
Some of you aren't married yet. You have been married and, 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 and you're considering it again. All those different kinds of things. There's no, there's no day like today to start developing a relationship with God, renewing your mind, and preparing yourself for the future. Because I promise you, wherever you're at today, you can't go back and fix this and fix that and make all... Don't, don't even try to do that. Take God where he's at today. Allow who he is and his love to become so real to you that, he, that, he, that in, in his eyes, you're his favorite. He loves you like nobody else. I don't know how he can do that, but he does that with each and every one of us individually. And he wants the best for you. And the more educated, I'm not just talking about in knowledge, but the more educated and developed in your understanding of who God is, the more you're in a position to fulfill and walk out the things I'm talking to you today. Otherwise, we don't have the capabilities. Even though we were created in the image of God, we can be born again, but if we don't know him, then we won't love, we won't we won't have storage love flowing out of us. We won't have eros love, phileo love. And, and, and it's all because of the lack of the agape love being developed as the foundation of everything else that we do. Can you say amen? amen. If you can't, say oh me. So, <clears throat> I want to... I'm going to read to you, I know we're just about at the end of what we're going to share, but I'm going to read to you um, two passages. I need to finish this today. It's important that I finish this right here, just real quickly. Look at 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 15. And, and I'm reading this for a purpose, so just bear with me. I'm going to read five verses here, and then I'm going to read one verse in Hebrew, in Hebrews. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. You remember, as I said in the beginning, when things like this are read, this isn't normally the way we preach and teach around here, things like this. But it, every time God says something like that, he's not saying it to bring condemnation and load things on, on you. He's saying it to liberate you to give you power to understand what to do. Because, watch the rest of this. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought, you, you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, this body of mine belongs to him. But you've got to understand that it belongs to him. You've got to understand that he wants you looking at the right things and listening to the right things and meditating on the right thing. That's what he wants you to do because if you're not doing that, okay, it's opening the door to destruction because sin produces destruction. Uh, sexual immorality, in other words, any type of sexual relationship outside of marriage will end up and produce some things that are not good. 
It just, it just does. So if you've ever done those things, he just said flee from those things. If you've ever lived that type of relationship, he just wants you to learn how and why it's best not to live that type of a relationship. Because he said that your body is his. Man, the more I think of that, the more I think about that, and, and the more I've understood that through the years in my own life, that my body belongs to God and God wants me doing with my body what he wants. And when I do what he wants, he opens the door for amazing things to come my way. Because this last verse I'm going to read to you is this. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. And it says, Marriage is honorable among all. And the bed is undefiled. Remember we read in Ecclesiastes 9, enjoy and, and joyfully enjoy the wife that, you, that you've been given. So this eros love is, in, is, is reserved for marriage. And there's all these things that God says will happen when you understand how to operate in this eros love because of your relationship with God. And when you understand that, he said, the marriage bed is undefiled. What does undefiled mean? Well, and this is where, and you think, you know, God, would you actually say this? And he would because if you know God, if you know God and you're developing a relationship with God, then what he's saying here is that what happens in the marriage bed is between you and your mate. But the deal with that is, when you and your spouse are in the marriage bed, and there's relationships going on in marriage relationships, physical sexual relationship going on, you realize there's another party there. Always. And it's God. So the way that the marriage bed is undefiled, you can do anything that God will allow you to do in the marriage bed. So people think, well, you know, marriage is boring, it's dead, it's, there's no excitement. But yet, when you develop a relationship with God, and God created sex, and he created a love relationship between two people, and he said here that anything can go on in the marriage bed as long as God condones it. And that means, as a man... I don't usurp authority over my wife and put things on her and make her do things she, she's uncomfortable with or vice versa. We do things that we're in agreement with. That's where the joy comes from. That's where real joy and fulfillment come from in a relationship where you're committed with somebody and you're free to do whatever God will allow you to do. I don't know about you, but... There's some encouraging words in there if you can listen and hear what I'm just saying. The world has it all screwed up. You know why? Because the world wants to be kinky and weird and all this, this stuff. And not that any of some of the kinky stuff that people would think would be kinky is wrong because it's not in the marriage bed if God's good with it. But when you act and you treat people in certain ways and you're not committed to them, 
and you're there for one night or two nights or a few times, and then they're gone because there's no commitment, there's no fulfillment there. Then people feel used, they feel cheated, there's no real eros going on because there was no agape that was the foundation of what was actually happening. And I tell you today, if you're married today and things aren't totally right, God wants to work those things out. If you're not married today, I'm just telling you today, seek God about staying pure and, and, and free from sexual relationships until marriage. Because there's a benefit to that. It, it, there's something that happens when you choose to do that that will cause a joy and a fulfillment to happen in your life that you've never known before. There's something there that's beyond the natural thinking. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think this will work. Yeah, well, there's a way that seems right that's not right, and the end is destruction. There's a lot of times, man, he just seems like the bomb. I'm going after him. Or she just seems like she's it. And they go, you, they, they go after each other and they settle for things before marriage and then things happen. And if that's happened to you, okay. You know what? God forgives you. Old things are passed away and everything is brand new. That's every day. We live in that thing with God. Old things are passed away and everything's brand new right now. And God wants to make it new in your life. And as you seek Him, He'll teach you how to understand the benefits of operating in that Eros love in the marriage relationship only. Nothing else. We talked about the different other forms and next week we're going to talk about the phileo relationship and, and how, that, how that kind of uh, is a part of the marriage relationship. It's part of the Eros love also, but it all originates from the agape, from who God truly is because he is love. He's the agape, he's the eros, he's the philea, he's the storage love, he's all those things. And there's no end to what God can do and fulfill in each and every one of us. Can you say amen today?